Psychologist, and with me, as always, exercising his rights. Caffeine rage. On today's show, we've got a simple one. We're going to be talking about the games that we have played this past week, and we're going to have a discovery queue. Timestamps between the show notes following their respective topics. Um, all two of them. <laughs> at least, howdy, rage. Well, at least the show notes will be somewhat simple to do. I mean, well. Uh, there's always a discovery queue that throws a curveball into an easy episode, but yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, there's there's only two things this week because there was basically no news. A lot of the things being delayed, but that's not really like this sort of stuff that we typically talk about. Yeah, I mean, um, it's and we can't even really talk about it as a general thing because it's COVID, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Turns out uh, having the development team for the uh, for various uh, titles being scattered to the four winds and having to uh, deal with the Zoom or Skype or whatever for meetings uh, hurts productivity. Who knew? Right? Yeah, especially for projects like that. Indie, smaller devs have been, as far as I've been able to tell from what I've read and seen, haven't been having as many issues because they're used to doing a lot of remote work or it's easier to coordinate a handful of people versus a giant company to do that sort of thing. So, but yeah, there's plenty of game delays. There were a couple of other really small news. Yeah, stories like that the, we've the seen, producer but... for I think it was Street Fighter uh, left the company. But neither of us are really fighter fans, so that was kind of a uh, once again a topic that we can't really throw a lot of knowledge into. Yeah, and we only try to go half cocked off, uh, you know, every you know few episodes. Not this one, but still, right? Very oh, oh, and also Fall Guys turns out really big deal. Yep, uh, looks like a lot of fun, but I'm not paying for it based on what I've seen about it. Yeah, and also a I lot get of the, server issues. Yeah, the what I've got the taken away I've got from it is it's really fun. Should have been free to play or way cheaper than what it costs. Well, it's free on PlayStation Plus. Well, yeah, but most most people don't have PlayStation Plus. Well, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. I, I mean, I assume it's going to be free on PC somewhere at some point um, in the near future, because it's banking pretty heavily on cosmetic microtransactions, being it's where it makes most of its money. Mm-hmm. So I expect it to be free at some point. I mean, it's, you know, it's 20 bucks on Steam. I'd probably pay five bucks for it. I'd go up to ten. I mean, it looks like uh, they're planning a lot of post-release content and uh, support for it. So I do think that we'll have a bit more of a long tail. And it is a refreshing take on the Battle Royale type of game. I mean, it's not really a Battle Royale per se. It's more Battle Royale meets uh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yeah. But it's just... It's tough to really want to jump on it when it's at that at that what was it twenty dollar price point? Yeah, it's twenty dollars. I mean, if it came, if it comes to Game Pass, that'll be easy. And if it's free or or cheap anywhere else, I'd be 
down to get into it. You're yeah, you're right. Ten, I'd probably pay ten dollars for it. Five would be easy. Ten, I don't know if I'd pay ten dollars for it just by myself. But if you were like, hey, you saw that? It's ten bucks. I think I'm gonna buy it. Like, I'd buy it because then I would have someone to talk to and play with. I don't know if it's got like any kind of party system. Uh, it does. Uh, I think it does and doesn't because it, it's still considered just massive uh, uh, PvP. So, yeah, and I'm not so, necessarily looking for it to be cooperative. Just being able to play with your friends is mm-hmm. would be nice. Well, there's a lot of uh, okay. Uh, we we've ended up talking about Fall Guys a lot more than I expected. Uh, there's sections of it where it is essentially co-op. It uh, splits people randomly to two teams. And from everything I've heard and read, that seems to be the biggest falling point of it. If you are in the turn of phrase, it's just it. Uh, is annoying to uh, be knocked out through really no fall of your own because that's what it is at the end of the day is it's a uh, yeah battle royale so you play until you get knocked out yeah so there there we go I'm gonna start games we played when we start talking about fall guys I think on the notes even though it's not a game that we played but it is a game that we're both, I guess, interested in and talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was but. one of the games I found most fascinating at the last E3 because it was very different from pretty much everything that uh, Devolver showed. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I gotta give Devolver credit. They put out a lot of interesting and pretty unique uh, games. Often not ones that hit really what I want to play. But usually pretty uh, interesting and fun. Uh, they're sort of like uh, Clay in that respect. I respect them for what they do, even though sometimes I'm not a big fan of the game itself. I mean, look at uh, my friend Pedro as a good example. I recognize it's really not for me. It's not a game I would really enjoy. And I played it on Game Pass. Uh, but it's not necessarily bad. It's just, you know, it's banking on nostalgia that I do not have. Yeah. And it's also, you know, leaning on a certain subset. So, yeah. So, the games that we actually played this week, since we're talking about games. Well, we're going to talk about um, games we actually played. I know. Do you want me to go first, since I have two? Or yeah, do you, you want can to go, go first? first. Alright, so, I technically I have three, but two of these are functionally identical. So, my my homework from last week was to play Worm Online, and I did, and I liked it a lot, but I had some f- pretty big fundamental issues with it, which I'll talk about in a second. So I went and I bought Worm Unlimited, which is Worm Online, but you can create your own private servers and effectively play it as a single-player experience that way. Uh, and so that's what I did, and I'm loving the shit out of it. So unless I specify otherwise... Everything that I'm going to say about Worm Online applies to Worm Unlimited and vice versa. So don't get too confused if you hear me say Worm Unlimited or Worm Online, unless I specifically go do the worm. Here, here are yes, here are are, are a, a, an issue caused by a difference. So I played Worm Online for about nine hours. I think um, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Worm Online, eh. Is was developed uh, by Notch 
um, before he left the project, and then some other people who have kept it going. And it's in the same basic idea of survival crafting, um, terraforming the world, like, you know, digging, mining, building. But it, it does take a, a, a fundamentally different approach to Minecraft. This is... When looking at a lot of games that have came out since, I, and I have no idea if this game served as like an a, a, an origin for them or something that they evolved along. Worm came out in like the mid to late 2000s. I don't know the exact date, but I, I think it was somewhere around 2007, 2008 in that range when it first released. Um, this game does a lot of things that other games that I've played since do, like terrain deformation, um, you get a shovel, you dig, and it's it's voxel based, and so the terrain will deform and you know go down or build up based on the actions that you're taking. Um, so that's something that nowadays is not new, but for the time was was pretty revolutionary in, in the way that the players could actually control that action. And a lot of the game is based around you interacting with the terrain and fundamentally changing it in that way. You wanna you wanna do something. You want to build something? Well, chop down the trees, dig up all the rocks, level the ground, um, make sure everything is the right size, and then place down sort of the markers for you building a house or uh, some type of structure, which can sound boring for sure, but if that's the sort of thing that you're into, the level of detail that this game has for all of that stuff I've never seen in any other game that I've ever played. Um, It's got a skill system, which... For better or for worse, like, this is one of the things that has drawn me to the game. Uh-oh. Because you start out just being garbage, what? Uh, this is starting to sound a lot like Eve. <laughs> for better or for worse, you start uh, out just garbage at everything. Mind, uh, You're... But before you continue, mind you, you didn't say no to that. Uh, you're right, I didn't say no to that. So you start out at level one with everything. A shovel, your your shovel skill, your pickaxe skill... Your digging skill, your uh, woodcutting skill, your so on and so forth. Everything has a skill, and all the skills feed up into larger skills, which feed up into your character stats. So you start off just absolutely garbage at pretty much everything with some base level stats. And uh, you go out and you dig holes, and you cut down trees, and... You break lots of things that you try to craft, and you level those skills up very slowly over time. And that is a, a, a wee bit addicting. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the progression. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy... It does feel like your character is improving. Because, for example, you start out, and you have like a 50% chance to make like a plank. And you think, well, I'm just taking a tree and chopping up into planks. Like That seems so easy. It's like, well, yeah, but... You know, you are at level one. You've never done this before. You got a 50% chance to succeed. And you build your skills up over time, and that chance goes higher. And then you unlock things higher up on the tech tree that you also have, like, you know, a 1% chance to do. But you can practice and get better and improve your skills. Your equipment, uh, every piece of equipment that you have has a quality rating for the stuff that you, I mean, everything does. But the stuff that you craft starts out at, like, shit tier, like, one quality. And the more you craft and the better you get at it, the higher the quality goes. And the quality just basically means that it can either be sold for more or it will last longer um, as a tool that you use. Because tools take damage, and when you repair them, the quality rating of the tool goes down. So, 
There's a, a, a genuine, tangible, perceptible uh, impact on your uh, various stuff that you're doing as you're playing, like as you see your skills go up. And it's nice. A lot of games that you play with these skill systems, at best, they're sort of incremental changes. Um, at worst, it's sort of like this weird, like, you can't do something. Oh, you got a skill up. Now you can do everything. You are the god of this world. And it just feels kind of gamey. And like, I know that they're video games, but it just feels weird. Uh, so I, some video this, game logic? Yeah, it's it's a video game logic thing. Ding! But with this, it's a very natural progression that makes sense. And the rest of the game supports that. You have a ton of... I'm sure there are limits to stuff that you can do. I've played for, in total, combining both of them, about 20 hours between Worm Online and Worm Unlimited. And some of that time, you know, I had to start over um, when I started playing Worm Unlimited. Although, obviously, like, I knew what I was doing, and so the progression went a little bit faster, but... um, Anyways, I'm sure there are limits to this system, but in general, it lets you build whatever you want and do whatever you want. It's like, if you want to level that mountain, you can do that. If you want to go out in the middle of a swamp, build a castle, watch it sink, build another castle, watch that one sink, etc., you can do that too. Um, you can build up uh, a castle, you know, an island for a castle in the middle of a lake. Build a castle on it. Build a bridge to the castle. Have the bridge work mechanically so that you can raise and lower a drawbridge. And basically be safe from attack from creatures and from other players if you're playing online. You can do all those things. And it, it starts to happen fairly early. Um, there's limitations within your skills. Like, if you're, le- you know, level one with a shovel, like, you can't level anything. Because your person doesn't know how to do that. But you dig a lot and you you know, get your level up with, with your digging and your road building skill, you can build roads and you can create flat places to build a house or build a town, etc. Um, you can dig better mine shafts and have better chances of finding resources like iron and copper and stuff the more you dig. And um, there's skills for, like, everything. You want to pave a road? Sure, pave a road. Build up your skill in road paving. Fishing? There's skills for that. Um... Do you want to become uh, like some kind of religious priest? Sure, there's skills tied to that. There's a whole like religious and magic system into the in the game. You've, you've leveled up in Jeebus. Yeah, you can level up in Jesus. Um, our weird fantasy Jesus. Although I don't know how it's any different from regular Jesus. But <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. Um, but it's 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 great. I love it. I love how open-ended everything is. I mean, the game looks like garbage. It looks like it was a game that was made like 15 years ago. But the the graphics and everything are functionable. You can tell what's going on. Like, everything still is very representative. It just isn't pretty. And that's fine. I can deal with that. Um, and so, I, you know, I've spent 12 hours in Unlimited uh, digging out a mountain, getting iron and other resources. I've got like a little camp with a tent I go and I hunt animals and I come back and I cook my food. Oh yeah. Cooking is a skill. It's got a really good, neat cooking system as well. Like you get some basic recipes, but you're encouraged to just experiment with stuff. And some of it is stuff that doesn't make sense. Like putting just some random herbs in a pan and cooking them makes breakfast. Like you get cooked breakfast from that, but other things also make sense. Like if you take a potato and you put it in a pot with some water, 
and you put the wa- that on a campfire and boil it, you can get boiled potatoes. Then you boil and that's them, mash not- them, put them in a stew. Exactly. And you can combine things, like, you know, you go hunting and you kill a wild boar and you bring that back and you butcher it. You put the meat in and you can make a stew and that's not in your recipe book, but then after you make it, it shows up like, oh, yes, you cooked this and it, it was good and it didn't kill you. Um, it's also got an interesting in-depth system for... Uh, the survival aspect, because you do have to eat food and drink water, but it doesn't punish you if you don't do that every five minutes. Um, you do have to drink a lot more water than eat food, and the consequences for not drinking are a lot more severe. But, I mean, there's uh, water all over the place, and you can just go like walk up to a lake and drink from it. You can also craft any like container like bowls cups jugs whatever fill those with water and take them with you so you don't really have to worry about it unless you're going to go on some long adventure food your body uh or your character's body has got like um a bunch of different nutritional meters which contribute to how fast or how slow the, the hunger meter depletes but you have essentially layers of fat on your character and so if you don't eat for a long time you just get a little bit skinnier and I'm talking, like, hours. Um, technically, I wouldn't have had to have eaten at all because you start with a character at, like, max fat level. <laughs> I have cooked and, I have cooked and ate food because... <laughs> no, I... Yeah, I get it. I have cooked and ate food because I like that system and it's fun, so my character hasn't lost any levels of fatness. But, I mean, it's it's not really a chore. And certain food can last for a long time on your person, and then later on... From what I can see in the tech tree, you can get basically magic refrigerators so food doesn't go bad. Um, but just the level of depth and com- like I'm I'm talking about a lot of different stuff, but I'm I'm genuinely barely scratching the surface on the depth that exists. Like, and it, it's lots of little stuff. For example, if you're um, going to be working with metal, right? So you go and you get your your iron ore and you smelt that down to where that you get iron ingots. If you let those ingots cool, you have to put them back in the furnace to heat them up again. Otherwise, you can't work with them because, you know, it's a solid ingot of metal. You can't just smack that out into a sword or whatever. Or at least with that attitude. <laughs> right. And I totally get if, you, if, if you've just heard that and be like, well, that's fucking boring. I don't want to have to deal with that shit. It's I'm playing a video game. But for someone like me, that's like crack. It's like, oh, yeah. Why isn't this working? Oh, the metal ingots have cooled off too much. So let me put them back in the furnace and heat them up again so I can make more nails to build my house. Now, so, now the question is, does it have a list of how many nails you need per uh, like room or something? Yes, it does. Uh, what nails and what types of nails? There's different types of nails for different applications. So, And your nails can be different quality levels <laughs> as your smithing skill goes up. But anyways, so uh, I'm not going to go one. I mean, I've only barely scratched the surface myself and I'm only talking about just the barest hint of what I've scratched. I might come back to it again at a later date and explain some more stuff, especially because I've barely touched combat. All, you know, also, you are a, a peasant. You're a scrub. If you get into combat with anything more than like a rabbit at the start of the game, you're going to die. So... Don't do that unless you've got people to help you, or you can craft a training dummy, and then you can train on that to get your skills up to a certain level, like the it caps out, I think, at level 20 with the training dummy. 
but then you can fight other stuff. I haven't touched ranged combat either. You can make bows and crossbows and stuff. I haven't touched that. I, I uh, snuck into a guard tower and robbed them of some spears so that I could use spears to hunt um, instead of trying to stab a, a, a boar to death with my sword. But anyways, um, now some, some key differences that made me hate Worm Online and go for Worm Unlimited. Uh, Worm Online, as intended, is online. Um, or as in the, in the name, always online. Um, and it is free, but your skills get capped out at level 20 and all of your skills can go to level 100. Um, which I don't have any skills that are level 20, despite having played for 20 hours in Worm Unlimited. And I set on my server the same progression as it is listed as for the, uh, online. So I don't know how long it actually would take to get level 20. You could probably get a decent chunk of time out of Worm Online playing it for free before any of your skills got to 20. Um, but I don't like that because I, I realized pretty quickly that I was into the game. And I had considered possibly paying the sub, just a monthly sub to play. But um, the next thing is where I I just went, fuck it, I quit. Um, so even though it's it's like the default server is PvE... No PvP at all, except in, like, special dueling arenas and things like that. Like, um, which I'm into. I don't want to do PvP at all. At all. I'm not interested. Um, people can still grief you and fuck you up. So, I, I, when it launched on Steam, they opened up a couple of brand new servers with, you know, on day one, no players. So, there's not very many people here. The resource scarcity issue that exists on the older servers, not present. So, I wander away from the starting town. Um, start messing with stuff, figuring out what I'm doing, start the same process of what I'm doing in Worm Unlimited. I found some resources, um, start digging myself a little mine, had placed my tent, was, um, you know, doing things like leveling the ground, getting ready to start building a small cabin to work with and work in and be safe from the elements. I log out for the night. I log back in the next day. Someone has claimed the territory around everything that I had done, I could no longer mine in any of the squares that I had opened up because someone had claimed them. And the only the only space that I had available is where my tent was. And I just was like, fuck it, I quit. Fuck you, whoever you are. And I immediately uninstalled Worm Online and bought Worm Unlimited and started my, uh, my local server and started over. So, I just, I, I didn't, no. No, thank you. Um... I just don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with people griefing me or messing my stuff up. Like, basically, I had just wasted, like, eight hours of my life that I'll never get back. But I love the game so much, and I love everything that I think it, it has to offer, that I still wanted to play it. I just don't have to deal with that. So, went with Worm Unlimited. There's a couple of things that Worm Online did get that Worm Unlimited doesn't have, because Worm Online got a, a big update when it launched onto Steam. And they made some changes to the UI. Honestly, I like the Worm Unlimited UI better than Worm Online. Um, Worm Online did some things to try and streamline it, I guess, for the new players. And it actually makes it less informational, which information is very important in a game that is basically a wiki game um, to start with. So it makes it harder to play without the information. They also did some weird stuff, I think, to try and make play go faster. Like, your most recent action will... Show well, it's supposed to be, I think, your most recent action that you just did. Like, you right click on a tile and you hit mine. Well, that now becomes 
uh, R for like repeat. And so you can just press R to keep doing the same action. But it doesn't always copy the last action that you did. So you'll leave and you'll click on the next tile and it'll still say mine, but it might be a tile that you can't actually mine on. So then you choose the next thing like, I don't know, dig or forage for resources or whatever. And you do that and then it doesn't replace the quick action, like the repeat action for, and but then sometimes it does. So I, I don't know. That's wonky. I don't like that. I couldn't figure out how to turn that off. Um, it did get a nice third person camera. Worm Unlimited is, has a, only has a first person camera, which is okay for the most part. I mean, there's a, a mod that adds, like somebody pretty much overnight created a mod that adds the third person camera from Worm Online. So that's not a big issue. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't put that in Worm Unlimited. Like it feels like a game that should, should have a third person camera. But regardless, that was something that was really quickly fixed. Um, and then otherwise, you having control of the server basically lets you tweak all the settings that you want. So you can increase character progression or slow it down. You can change the seed for like resources and stuff. Um, you can change the NPCs for like the economy, like the, the gold that they have a- available to them and stuff like that. You can do things like turn on or off maintenance costs. Um, so if, whenever you build stuff, you have to pay maintenance costs for it. And that might be, depending on what it is that you're building, it could be some combination of um, having to repair stuff. Like, they, you know, they lose health and you have to repair it. There's money that you have to pay to, like, taxes on your land um, and stuff like that. There, there's some other things that you can have to pay into to as an up, uh, a maintenance fee. Um, but, I mean, I just turned all those off on my server, so... It's a blast. For the, for anyone who likes this type of game, uh, you will like this. You can play Worm Online to check it out for free just to make sure that you you do like it. But Well, that I mean, first I, I hit think, is free. That's true. The first hit is free. But otherwise, I mean, I think you just buy Worm on, un, Unlimited. You can start your own server if you want. I can uh, make the server one that's password protected and put it up, and then we, you know, people could play in the same world that I've started working in. Um. It's got a separate tool for running a dedicated server, like built in. Um, it shows up. Uh, it's, just, it's just called Worm Unlimited Dedicated Server, so it's really easy to set up and run a server somewhere. So, yeah, Worm Online slash Worm Unlimited. Two thumbs up for me. Uh, you might make your mileage may vary based on your likes and dislikes, but I love it. And if you tend to like these types of games, I think you will too. All right, your turn. Yeah, somebody found their new crack. Possibly. I've played it a lot. I It's not a very good background game, though. There's a lot of, like, reading and looking stuff up and doing research in the game. And so I can't, like, have it running in the background while I'm doing other things. I actually have to pay attention to it. So I've not been playing it as much as I probably would otherwise. So it's not quite a replacement for Eve, but damn, right? Yeah. It's it's probably the closest a game has ever been to giving me the same sorts of feelings without the negatives involved. Because it's, in effect, an offline game, uh, I, I don't feel compelled to log in every day to make sure everything is okay. And that helps a lot. But otherwise, yeah, it scratches a lot of, of the same itches. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, as soon as you log out, the world kind of pauses, and then whenever you start back up... Uh, the it's like just been a couple seconds, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what turned me off from a lot of these games, honestly, is that I've played some of the more persistent strategy games, uh, both uh, online and uh, via mobile. And it's always been, oh, I didn't check it for a couple of days, and I'm so far behind on everything, why bother? Or just getting griefed. So, yep. uh, it's a problem that there's not really a good way to solve without just making it single player, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I guess it's my turn? Your turn. Okay, so I played Golf Topia, which was my homework assignment for the weekend. And I only played it for a couple hours, so not nearly as long as a certain someone played his uh, homework project. But I got enough to get my first thoughts on it, and it both scratched an itch that it's been there for a while, but also made me realize that the old game was far better. At least right now. Now, I'm going to preface everything with saying, early access title, still in active development, mileage may vary, it may change, it may greatly change. Take my opinions with a grain of salt, but you always should. So, Golftopia is a management game where you're building a golf course and managing it and also occasionally playing on it. And for someone that's been in management games for a while, they might think, wait, wasn't there an old Maxis game like that way, way back? Yes. Uh, I'm going to be referring to another game quite a bit in this called Sim Golf. From 2002 by Maxis. So both of them have the same premise. Management of a country club. Building a golf course hole by hole. But you don't have to build all 18 at once. Just having a couple of holes on the golf course is enough to get that initial bit of players. And both of them manage things in about the same way where... It's, uh, you have the option of using the land as is or going in and changing the land uh, through uh, terraforming and uh, and putting down different hazards and you know, pretty much everything you'd expect of a golf course. Golftopia, it does it via a more modern, you know, sort of how pretty much a modern game would handle something like this where it's, uh, painting it by uh, just yeah, putting it on the uh, surface and uh, proper terrain de- deformation, while golf, uh, while Sim Golf uh, did it via the old like Sim City 2000 method of everything is uh, broken up into a grid and you're essentially manipulating the corners of the grid to build slopes, and there you only had so many pieces. So why is Sim Golf at least? at the moment, so much better than Golftopia. And I think the problem of it is that Sim Golf had a cohesive theme about it. It, don't get me wrong, it had its wackiness. It was a Maxis game. There were essentially stories that as golfers came back to your country club over and over again, and especially as they went in groups, they would uh, essentially start to open up about themselves and you learn a little bit about their characters. And usually it was pretty silly stories or, you know, very nonsensical stories, but it humanized them. 
And Golftopia, at least for the time being, the golfers are, yes, they're persistent, and yes, they level up. You know, they'll use the facilities on the golf course if you have them, but they're just a name. There, there's no real personality behind uh, Golfer 3 versus Golfer 13 versus Golfer 50. And they also say that there's a hard cap of 100 golfers, so it, it, you know, it's kind of blah just how uh, how they kind of skip over that one little aspect. And also, uh, Golftopia is in a sci-fi universe, and they're also throwing some tower defense elements into it as well, which I'll get to in a little bit. So, because they're in a sci-fi universe, they're kind of breaking up the flow of how a normal golf course operates, where usually at the end of hole one, the start of hole two is usually pretty close, right? Usually. Well, this, you could just build Jetsons uh, uh, slash uh, Futurama-type teleportation tubes and suck people up and around and uh, really kind of just go wherever. But it also puts a large strain on finances because of it. However, on the flip side of this, people complain very easily about things being too far away. So it kind of punishes you for having a traditional golf course and starts pushing you into a, this is the proper way to play it, that a a sandbox management game just doesn't work with all that well because it, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, I'm doing what I want within certain constraints, but having it where everybody's bitching because they have to walk five minutes to get to the next hole when it's as close as I can put it without redesigning the entire first hole uh, to get to hole number two. They're complaining about that, really? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of breaks the immersion. Plus, the fact that they went silly in a different direction than uh, Sim Golf ever did. So, at the end of the day, Sim Golf was a somewhat realistic golf game. There were some caveats. Uh, there were. Uh, uh, you only had so many pieces. You could only do so many things uh, with the terrain. But it was grounded in reality. And this, they also threw in wacky devices like pinball bumpers and uh, giant fans that you could put on the course to blow balls certain ways. And it just, I found it frustrating because there's a modifier to the mood of the uh, golfer if they're able to hit it. But the skills of the golfers are so varied, especially uh, someone that's new to the course, that just frustrates them if you try to do too much with it. But then if you're not doing very much with it, then why bother doing anything with it in the first place, right? Right. And there's also awards for different holes based on... Uh, it was very vague on what the awards actually were. There were I know there's one for... Having a certain a bit of uh, these devices on the uh, on the hole, there's another one that's a traditional hole, but there's a lot of kind of just tutorials that will tell you after you figured out something. Like it popped up about uh, the hoverboards, which is essentially the replacement of golf carts. After I built one, and everybody was already using it, right? Right. So a little bit of disconnect. Yeah, there's a little bit of disconnect and also the fact that because everyone is uh, persistent, or supposed to be at least, 
Now, mind you, if someone gets angry enough at the course that they throw a fit, they cancel their membership and essentially resets that person. And they'll show back up again as a level one, never mind the fact that they could have been a, you know, a, you know, my top golfer. Well, they just somehow got their mind wiped. So if I'm p- building a course that has some difficulty towards the end, well, they're just going to get caught in this feedback loop, which gets into the tower defense portion of it. So I mentioned this before. This is a golf management game slash tower defense. So every time somebody gets upset or makes a complaint, it for some reason creates a weed. All right. Uh, somewhere on this little island that you're on. And the island is divided into nine portions and you buy portions uh, uh, to build out your course throughout the uh, your gameplay. Well, as things snowball and more complaints are uh, lobbied, it could just be, you know, uh, a bad golfer is having a very bad round and they complain enough that it spawns a few weeds. Uh, let's say on the far side of the map. Well, this could fester over time and snowball into a weed hive, which begins to spread. Think of it sort of like the Zerg creep. And the way to deal with that is to have your drones, which is essentially your groundskeepers, fight back the weeds and then have mortars and everything, which ties into the tower defense portion of it. But it just feels really out of place. It just feels weird that they have this tower defense on top of everything else. And the fact that it could snowball and create this infinite loop where somebody sees weeds, complains about it, and creates more weeds, which creates more complaints. And I just, I could see the possibility of some extreme frustration in this. I didn't get to the point where it got to that, but I could see where this is going to go pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's just a few head-scratching design choices like that that just leaves me pause, really. So, I mean, overall, I mean, the base game, it looks interesting. Uh, they have some severe issues with just the balancing in general, where uh, after a short amount of time, it just, the gameplay kind of just dies off, and you're just saying they're waiting for money to accumulate. Or uh, or you could use the cheat menu that they have just in the options to give yourself enough money to just be able to do whatever, but... You know, this is supposed to be a management game. Now, this may just be a debug issue, or you know, it could be, well, we're still in the early a- access, early portions of, er- of early access testing. We're more interested in getting the gameplay down than we'll worry about balancing the economy. That could be it. Or it could be just, you know, you know, well, we don't really care about getting the economy right right now, or really at all. So just, you know, uh, there's a cheat there if you want it, which, once again, just feels off right yeah i'm hoping listening to you talk about it that this is one of those your mileage may vary issues that comes from early access uh-huh. games uh, and as things uh progress th- through the early access it you know develops a lot more and becomes a lot stronger of a title it's just right now outside of somebody that really 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 likes the aesthetic of it uh then uh, go for it but it's just it's really tough to suggest right now because of certain bugbears of mine. And it could just be the fact that, you know, I just, uh, I played the hell out of Sim Golf back in the day. 
So having a golf course that's full of flaming hoops and, you know, pinball bumpers and wind, uh, and uh, giant fans to blow balls around just frustrates me because it's relying on a skill cell uh, or a, a random element of uh, the uh, of the characters that I just ugh. or you know, it could develop into quite the game later on who knows uh, it just it feels like trying to play it as a traditional golf game they were telling me I was doing it wrong because I have to have all these lights everywhere and because people are complaining way too much about walking even for short times that Feels like they're trying to do one thing, but then trying to do another one. Oh, and sorry, it's two two hundred persistent visitors, so uh, not one hundred. So I was off on that, but you know, for a big course, you could hit that cap pretty quickly. Actually, I was I was at about thirty uh, percent of it, and I only had uh, up to hole seven or eight built because I had some facilities as well. And also, another thing that kind of irked me, and this is going to be kind of just a micromanage uh, uh management thing, is that in sim golf, because of how things progress through the course, you could pretty roughly guess where your patrons were going to get hungry and thirsty. And whenever they went to a facility, they, their needs kind of paused. It was considered that they would... Uh, you know, hydrate or eat at like a little snack bar there or whatever. If they were at the like the putting green or the driving range, that sort of thing, or if they were hanging out at the clubhouse, they were eating there. Well, in this, the deeds never pause, and because everybody's popping around, it's really hard to build like a bunch of snack and drink machines. So everybody was complaining about being hungry and thirsty, but was skipping the portion of the course that. Uh, I kept putting, uh, or the portions of the course, I should say, that I was putting all the snack and stu- uh, snack and drinks in uh, bathrooms, because you know they were just uh, go go past it. It's just uh, there. There's a lot of little bugbears, and I would say if if this game even moderately interests you, uh, it might be worth checking out, but not at the twenty dollar price tag. Yeah, uh, and at least. If they put it in some sort of campaign mode, because right now it's essentially just free play with a random generation of maps, as far as I can tell. They're, they're all talking on doing a lot of polish, a lot of tweaks. Um, just uh, checking the early access again. But they're not talking about a full-on story mode, as far as I can tell, which is a bit off, to me at least. And they're not planning on changing the price whatsoever, so this is going to be the full price as well, so you're not even getting an early uh, discount. I would say this is kind of a wait and see on how things play. And SimGolf is pretty rarely available on Abandonware sites, so I would suggest going checking that out as well. Yeah, I'm probably going to try SimGolf soon-ish. And I'm still interested, but I'm going to wait to see how it shakes out. In development yeah, a yeah, the, yeah. There's just a, a lot of little bugbears that it could just be I was playing wrong, but the fact that I could be playing wrong uh, just feels weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I, I, if if you enjoyed the management games from Maxis at the er, at the late '90s, early 2000s, and like golf or even as a passing interest, you'll really enjoy Sim Golf. This we'll see how it 
turns out towards the end of its early access period. I'll probably come back and play it whenever I get a notification that it's at released from early access. And I should say that this was a review key that was sent to me. Uh, so, you know, that, that really uh, yeah, gave me a favorable opinion of it, didn't it? <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. Is that uh, yeah. back to me? All right. I had one other game I played this week that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. I've got the link to the Steam Store page. I actually played it on the Epic Store. It was a, a giveaway, I think about two months ago. Um, give or take a little bit of time. Um, and I had been wanting to play it for a bit, and I, I still haven't set up like family sharing or anything for my kid. And so whenever he wants to play any Steam game, it essentially locks me out of my library without doing some, you know, hackery or trickery. Um, or fuckery. Or fuckery on my part. So I thought, well, you know, I guess now's a good time as any, as a good time as any to play it. So, uh, I did. And it's probably going to sound like I'm shitting on it a lot because I'm going to. I really like the game overall, but it really suffers from, uh, you have to make it far enough into the game for it to get good. JRPG the, syndrome. Yeah, it's got JRPG syndrome real bad. Without and the spiky I haven't, hair. No, no spiky hair. I haven't found anything in the game as well that is just okay. Everything is either amazing or terrible in its in its execution or production in some way. Um, they, for the most part, have went as far as they could on the realism spectrum. There's some conceit made for gameplay, but I mean, you've got to eat, you got to sleep. Um, what about pooping? You have to make you. I know you don't. You don't poop. They don't make you poop. That's a gameplay conceit. You don't have to watch yourself poop. But um, gotta eat, gotta sleep. Um, you don't have to clean your clothes, but if you don't clean your clothes or bathe, you stink and you're dirty. And so lots of people don't like you when you stink and you're dirty. Um, if you get into combat and you're blue, bruised or bloody until you've healed, people will comment on that, and certain people like that more, certain people like that less. So, you know, they've, they've committed to this realism angle, um, until you get good with your weapons, get good. Uh, for example, with a bow and it, and for example, if you use bows until you get good with the bow, uh, you hurt yourself every time you shoot it. Because, I don't know if anybody's ever fired a real bow, but until you've properly been trained on how to use it or have the proper equipment to protect yourself, uh, that sh- the bowstring snaps back and hits you in the forearm. And it fucking hurts. I've done it before. So, um, I mean, you can get proper equipment, and at a certain point, the game does give you the equipment, but you don't have it when you first get access to a bow. So if you want to use a bow, you're going to hurt yourself uh, every time you shoot it. So... The, the combat system um, is somewhat realistic, I think, as, as close as it can be and still be usable as a video game system. The more damage you take, the more stamina you lose, because it's like, oh, well, you're injured, so you can't fight as effectively. And if your specific body parts get injured, they have their own effects. Like, if you get uh, a leg or an ankle or a knee gets banged up, then you move slower and you're less able to, to dodge or... If your arms get banged up, then you can't swing as hard. And if your chest gets hurt really bad, then your stamina takes a huge nosedive. Um, 
if you run out of stamina and get knocked out in a fight, you're you're dead. Because it's like, oh, well, you got knocked out. So that dude just fucking killed you. Sorry. Better reload a save. And I'll get to that in a minute. Because <laughs> fuck this game's save system. But so there's lots of things like that. And when it's all working properly, it's amazing. After you've got about six hours into the game and your peasant ass got some actual training on how to use weapons. But for the first part of the game, it's terrible. Because you can't win any fight that you get into. At least I couldn't. Maybe if I, like, you know, banged my head against the wall for longer than I actually did, I could have won some of those fights. But, you know, you can't win any fight that you get into. You're constantly out of stamina. You get hurt. You stink. Your clothes are dirty because you're, you're the son of a blacksmith. So you are a peasant. You have some training, but you're still an apprentice, so you're not, like, a full-level blacksmith yet. Um... You know, you can't read, uh, which I think is interesting, the way that they do that. Because if you find books before you have been taught how to read, like, and you don't have to. you It's a side quest. You go out of your way to learn how to read. But if you find books before you've been taught how to read, it's just like gibberish. All of the letters are mixed up. And I you might be able to, as a, as a human person, be able to figure out what the books are saying. But your, your character gets no benefit from it because they're just gibberish. So I, I thought that was really neat. That's one way that the realism system or the, their, you know, attempt at realism is awesome. Um, but anyways, so, you know, you're, you're a peasant boy and all the way that that, that that stuff plays into it. So you don't have weapons training. You're not well learned. You're not good at, at speaking. I mean, you, you know, it, you can talk, but when it comes to doing things like, persuading people for example you have you start you know you're a peasant with no education so you're just kind of dumb and you don't have any manners because you've never learned how to have manners so everything is terrible at the beginning of the game you're terrible you suck um then there's some stuff that happens you're i mean i'm going to talk about this a little bit i guess minor spoilers but this is like the opening of the game so it, it you get to you know sort of wander around in this open area for a little bit, um, like a, a town that you can wander around in that serves as most of the game's tutorial for the basic stuff, and then the town is attacked and um, ev- almost everybody dies and you escape and you have to go to another place um, like another castle and play out through some various things. And all of this takes place over the course of the first couple hours, and, and it gets a little bit better at the second area. Um, you get taught a few additional things about the game. Still no combat skills, but you do get the opportunity to use an actual sword and actually fight people so you can feel like you're doing something as long as you don't attack soldiers specifically who have armor. Um, that's another thing. If you're not wearing armor, you can get stabbed maybe one time and be okay. But anything more than that, and you either are killed outright or you start bleeding to death. And so even if you get away, it's, you know, the 14th or the 15th century. You're going to die. So armor, very important. Um, And that works in your favor as well. Uh, Unarmored enemies are basically just dead men walking. You stab them once or twice and they're they're done for. But uh, it's it's the let's see. Where was I? Oh, okay, so you go to the second area, um, it gives you a little bit more training, the game opens up a little bit more, you go to a third area, um, the game opens up a lot 
but still hasn't taught you anything about combat. Um, so you're you're trying to go back to the town where um, everyone died. Your parents were killed in the attack. You're trying to go back to the town because you want to give them a good Christian burial. And that's another thing I'm going to talk about in a minute or in a few minutes. But you want to give them a good Christian burial so that they don't spend forever in purgatory. And the game opens up in the way that it's pretty much going to for the rest of the, of the experience. You're given a huge area to go through, a lot of um, leeway and how you're going to complete your objective, which is nice, but uh, you still have no skills. So I think what the game wants you to do is sneak through the remaining enemy camps, like sneak past them and go back to town. But you can actually fight and kill everyone. Like, you have found some armor, you've got a sword, you've got a bow, you can fight your way through this, and it was an interesting challenge, because I chose, like, the stealth in the system is garbage. It's horrible. Um, It doesn't use any, like, it doesn't do the things that games typically do with stealth. There's no, like, handy-dandy icon that tells you when you're sneaking. Enemies don't just wander off. After they're like, oh, huh, I guess it was the wind, and like wander off. They will look for you for a while if you've been, you know, if they suspect that you're sneaking, like if you make noise. So I suppose it's actually a pretty good stealth system, but because it. It's a pretty good stealth system, but it sucks for gameplay. Right. It's terrible for gameplay. So sneaking is terrible. So I was like, well, I'll just fight my way through all of this stuff. Um, and so I did. And that was tough, but I killed a bunch of soldiers, nearly killed myself a couple of times by breaking my arm with my longbow. Um, but that was a slog and I was just hating every, I almost quit right there. But then I thought, you know, I'm just going to finish this mission and see what happens. And after you finish that mission, it takes you to like the big main area of the game where it actually completely opens up. You get given proper weapons training on how the combat system works and get taught how to do things like parry and dodge and, some actual combos that you can use in this combat system and are given good quality armor and a, well, the horse comes a little bit later, but you get a horse and you get a proper bow and then the game becomes so far wonderful. So if you can get through six to eight hours of horrible bullshit, it becomes a really great game. I mean, if you don't like the combat system, then that's most of the game is wandering around to complete quests and, and fighting, you know, the, the bad guys in the story and like random, you know, criminals and stuff. Like most of your quests involve fighting other people. Um, and if you don't like the combat system, fair enough, you won't even like it after it gets better. It does the, um, you have essentially different stances or not different stances, but different ways that you can hold your weapon, which dictates the angle and type of attack that you're going to make. And uh, this plays out um, in such a way that you want to try and trick your enemy so that you attack in an area that they're not guarding. Um, The better you get at parrying, you sort of can get a second where you can counterattack. Shields help with that, um, blocking and parrying. And it becomes this a a very interesting and intricate combat dance in one-on-one combat. Um, Two-on-one combat is manageable, uh, but again, with the realism angle, when you get more than three people coming after you, unless they are unarmed and or unarmored opponents, you're fucked because you'll just get overwhelmed. Um, you'll run out of stamina, you'll get knocked out, and you'll get killed. But in one on in single combat or you know one on two combat, 
the system is in, is really intricate and amazing with trying to get these combo moves, feigning attacks, counterattacks, going in for quick jabs. You can do things like, um, you, I mean, you can stab them in the head and kill someone pretty much instantly if they're not wearing a helmet. But if they are wearing, wearing a helmet, as you increase your skills, you get uh, a chance to stab through the eye slits with your sword so you can still kill someone with like a head stab. Um, arrow, bow and arrow combat comes into play a lot more as you learn how to aim the bow and as your skill increases, it doesn't shake quite so much when you hold it. Um, you don't get an aiming reticle, which I kind of like. Um, I know how to actually aim and fire a bow in real life. So I'm fairly accurate with it. Um, different bows and different arrows have different, uh, intended, uh, trajectories or different arcs to fire them at. So that can mess me up a little bit, but, um, you know, you can kill two or three people with a bow if your aim is good enough from a distance before they even get, are, are able to respond to you. And then you can finish off the last guy or two. Like, you know, it's, it's very important to plan your engagements where possible. Um, so, but I mean, the combat system is a huge chunk of the game. It's a very in-depth, I, I think, well thought out and balanced combat system. But, you know, if you don't like it, then there's probably not going to be much that can redeem the game for you otherwise. Um, the worst thing about the game, hands down, is the save system. You cannot save unless you have, well, unless you sleep in a bed or have an item called a Savior Schnapps, which is an alcoholic beverage in the game. Um, so a limited save item. And it's fucking bullshit, and I hate it. Um, I get what they're going for. Especially with the, you know, how much this game tries to focus on realism. I wish that they would have just thrown that concept out the window. Maybe the Savior Schnapps could be a special item that gave you something. You know, fair enough. Like, that way it could still be a valuable commodity. But locking, uh, saving anywhere behind a consumable item is just bullshit. That's has always been bullshit. And in this game released in 2018, I believe... It was super duper bullshit then. Like, I get if you want to have a little bit more punishing autosave system, because there are autosave points, um, in, especially in main quests, but they are sparingly used. So it is possible to lose an hour or more of progress if you die. Like, okay, I get that. You want the game to be difficult. I don't always agree with that, but I don't think that that's more of a design, a design decision versus a, a problem with the game. But, Making a limited save item <clears throat> for just general gameplay is bullshit. Um, I tried to play with it for a little bit just to try it out, and I hated it. And so I went and I downloaded a mod that re- removes that system from the game. Like, the item is still there. You can still use it, but you can just save anywhere. So I don't even keep them in my inventory anymore because I don't need them. Um, and, you know, maybe you as a, a player like that sort of thing, but, you know for the added challenge or whatever, but in general, like I think that that mod is a must have. And I know that you and I have had conversations recently about, you know, mods being used to fix broken games. And I, I, I went back and forth on how I feel about it. Cause like I said, like this is a deliberate design decision that I, that yeah, this is effect this as, isn't a Bethesda game. Right. But it's still bullshit and I don't think it should be in the game. So, uh, yeah, get, if they, get the mod, I guess if you don't yeah, play if it, they wanted to limit, the amount of save scumming you could do. Uh, probably what I would have done. Uh, no, 
I'm not a game designer, but I will be playing one right now, uh, is making essentially a flask that uh, you have a limited number of charges that slowly refill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have, uh, shoot, uh, I guess the torchlight model where the health uh, potions, uh, or, or not torchlight, uh, there's a, no, no, it's a Path of Exile where you have potions that, as you use them, uh, as time goes on, they'll slowly refill themselves or, re- you know, gain their powers back. If you're going to have, you know, the s- s- save your schnapps, uh, make it a, like the lone magical item that, you know, you have it because you're the chosen one or non-chosen one or whatever in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have it where, you know, it takes time for it to regenerate, so you can't do, uh, you know, save scumming as much, but eh. it's it just it's a needlessly clunky uh, thing, and that's part of the reason why I ended up falling off this game was that I tried playing it before, and it's just I it requires a it required a lot more patience than I had for it at the time. Um, yeah, uh, people talk about how uh, Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Uh, required a lot of patience to get into it and you had to understand that there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that uh, until you got good you know it was essentially a dice roll this was way beyond that and i yeah. just i just couldn't yeah um there's a, a couple of things that i do like about it um that most games i don't think most modern games don't do is that your actions actually have some some tangible consequences. And on stuff that most games you wouldn't think about, like, okay, this is an open-world RPG. Like, they give me a quest, whatever, I can fuck off and go do whatever I want for, you know, and then come back and do that quest. No, that is false. Um, I don't know if it's every quest. I've had two or three quests that have had timers on them, and one of them was really obvious. Uh, and another one I discovered after a few days. So... Um, there's this quest, that I got, and this happened while while you and I were talking the other night, and, you know, we were just kind of playing, you know, solo games and chatting. Um, I finished up something, and I was given a quest uh, and I to go check out, um, like, a location. Like, there was some reporters, some bandits, I was supposed to go check out this location. So I walk outside, and, and at, like, I mean, you're just some schmuck. I don't know if you ever actually become, like, the chosen one or whatever. I really hope not. I kind of like that I'm just some guy who's proven himself to be useful because he's stubborn as fuck. Um, and so he keeps coming back for more punishment, basically. And so they just keep throwing him at problems. Um, it, fe- it really feels like that they want to get get rid of you, and you just keep coming back after doing this stuff. And it's well, like, well, well, so you're a peasant, so you're too dumb to realize anything better. I guess. Um, but I-, I like that. I hope it never veers away from that. But so you go out to talk to the guard captain, and he's like, all right, are you ready to go? And, you you know, in traditional RPG style, you can say, no, I need to prepare. And he says, all right, don't take too long. We can't wait on you. And so I just wandered off into town. I'm like, okay, I just finished this other mission. I got a bunch of junk to sell. Uh, I need to go I, bang uh, uh, the uh, that uh, woman over there behind the barn. Which you can do. You can do that. Um, I need to, but yeah, you know, I need to go, you know, bang a wench. I need to re- upgrade or repair my armor, sell some junk. And I got a little message after about maybe five minutes, and it was like, um, you know, quest or quest objective failed. 
ride off with Captain So-and-so to the objective. And I got a new objective that said, beat them there. And so I went out there uh, afterwards, and they yelled at me, and they were like, what the fuck were you doing? We couldn't wait on you anymore. Like, you know, we had to come check out these bandits. Because of you, they got away. And then, like, I failed the quest. And I, I, I had a save, so I decided to, you know, to save scum and reload the save. And yeah, I actually just went straight away with them to go check out this place. And there were some bandits there, and we fought them, and a couple of them got away, and we chased them down. And it opened up, like, an entirely new quest where I had to go do an investigation for some stuff. Like, real gameplay consequences for, you know, just fucking off. And there might be a way to later on intersect with some of that stuff, but there were a bunch of characters that died because I didn't go in time, you know, fast enough the first time. So I thought that was really cool. Like, I I made them wait, and so the guards didn't get there to save people. Not that I, like, could save them. Like, I killed one person in, like, the big fight that happened, you know. Yeah, but you were the bait. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But because I waited, they didn't make it in time, you know, that that first go-around. And then I had another quest um, where this guy was like, yeah, you know, there's you've incurred this debt. Like, it's this happens as part of the story. It's like, yeah, you've incurred this debt. It's this much gold. Um, you can pay it off or you can do this quest for me. And he was like, there's no rush, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's like, seriously, there's no rush. You can, you know, take your time. You know, pay me back when you get the chance. And I'm like, okay. So then I, I wandered off. And I spent an in-game week going to meet the scribe who could teach you how to read. And so I got basic reading skills. And then I went and I did some main story stuff and then a couple other side quests. You know, it was a week, somewhere between one and two weeks in the game. And as I was walking back into the town, like some debt collectors showed up and they were ready to like beat me down if I couldn't pay them. He's like, oh yeah, so-and-so says you owed him some debt and you haven't paid it back and he's tired of waiting. And I'm like, oh Jesus, fuck. Yeah, here, have your 50 gold. Damn. So I thought that was pretty neat. And I I don't know how many quests have triggers like that. I don't want to go look, but I I like that. Your actions having consequences. No matter how major or minor they might actually be. So it's actually making me think before I just accept quests willy-nilly right now. Um, one, A couple of other quick things that I'll mention, um, and then we can move on. Um, to, to really sort of hammer home the, the way that this game like approaches realism, alchemy. All right? In most games, alchemy is a menu, or maybe you collect a few pieces of equipment, and, you know, it... it Beyond that, it's still just, you know, combine these things together in a menu. If you have the equipment, it makes it easier, or there's some different prompts that you can have. Maybe a small mini game involved, but that's it, right? Not in this game. In this game, you go to an alchemy, like, station, and you have to manually take the things that you want, put them in a mortar and pestle, grind them up, pour that into the bowl, add the correct mixture of oil, water and other stuff mix that up if it needs to be heated then you have to work a kiln to heat it up and you know boil it or whatever and then pour it in your flask and store it and you have to do everything perfectly so if there's you know measurements are involved any sort of timing like you have to do that perfectly alchemy could be an extremely powerful skill but this is one area where i'm like nah fuck that i'm not going to go through the tedium to make it work so that's like that the level of realism that I've talked about with other stuff is applied everywhere across the game. Um and I mean again, you might love that, you might hate it. That's one of the reasons I went to go read 
there's a bunch are going to go learn reading so early in the game because there's an alchemy station in the first town and if you can't read you basically can't use it i mean you can but you're just flailing around not doing anything you can increase your alchemy skill by making useless potions but it takes so much time and you don't actually get very much experience for making broken useless potions um I guess that's another thing. There's a whole skill system tied to every one of your skills. There's there's some fun skills too, like there's drinking, you know, drinking alcohol, getting drunk. Like there's a skill for that, and it can it's mostly for unlocking like interesting conversation options. You can get a few other things along with it too, but you get perks, and they're perks that make sense. Like if you run a lot, you can get different perks for you know you can sprint faster, but you run out of stamina, or you're like a marathon runner, so you can. Run for longer, but you're slightly slower, like that kind of stuff. Um, so that that whole system makes sense. And you only have 100 health, like period. You never gain any more health. Um, you can get some things that can make you a little more resilient to bleeding or, you know, whatever. But you never get any more health, which is something that I like. Like, you have to have armor if you want to not die by being stabbed. Um, the only the last thing I want to mention is the economy is basically broken. Um I figured that out pretty quickly. Like in the opening areas of the game, um, that first six, that first horrible six hours, you have no money. You need money. You can't get it. You know, you're a peasant. You can't read. You can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You're fucked. You know, for anything that you need money for, you're better off trying to steal stuff and hoping for the best. Um, but uh, a little bit later on, like once you get to the open world segment and you start actually being able to do quests on your own and also just sort of wander around in the wilderness, getting infinite money is a breeze. I mean, you can over encumber yourself for practically no penalties. You can't sprint and you can't jump, but otherwise you have no maximum, at least that I've found on your carry weight. So, you know, you kill a few guys you loot their bodies. You take everything. You're carrying 500 pounds of gear. You can't sprint, but that's okay. The town's not too far away. You hoof it back there. You sell all that stuff. Suddenly, you've got 2,000 gold. You can buy basically anything you want. Or if you don't want to do that, you can literally walk through a field, pick all of the daisies, take them to the alchemist, and sell them for 100 gold. They grow back in a couple of days. You do it again. So that kind of sucks. Like I, I don't know what is considered rich in the Middle Ages, but I basically can buy anything that I want, sleep anywhere that I want, and fuck as many wenches as I want. So well, that seems pretty rich I'm, to me. Yeah, so I'm good. I'm good. So, Kingdom Come Deliverance, an interesting game with a weird set of, of issues, but it's like Chef Kiss amazing half the time, and like, God, I want to die. This is horrible. The Chef other kiss, half of the time. Uh, and then the, the save system is like a very eggy fart. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, I'm, I'm going to play it some more. I, I probably will beat it, actually. I'm really invested in the story, which I didn't talk about. And I'm not going to talk about because of extreme spoiler stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty invested in the story. And, uh want to see where it goes. Like I said, I just hope it doesn't make you into some kind of chosen one. I hope they keep going with, well, this peasant is really good at not dying, so let's keep sending him to do stuff where we don't want the actual good people to to not die. So, fun game. After the really shitty part. So, that's it for the games that we played. 
took a decent amount of time to get through, but I mean, I had a couple of really big ones to talk about, so. Um, as we discussed earlier, we have no news topics, so we're going to talk about some more game. well, we also didn't get anything to, for Community Core, yeah. but where can people send stuff if they want us to talk about this? Uh, VGLpodcast at gmail.com or tweet it to us, VGLpodcast on said Twitter. Indeed. So, with the week that we're having, we're going to head on over and do a Discovery queue. Going to hit that music. Let me guess, you got something right away. Of course, because, you know, I'm smart and I set up my queue ahead of time. So, I got a relic from Newgrounds, the Henry Stickman Collection. This is one that I'm, I'm not familiar with. It's uh, they're calling it a choose your own path while failing is more fun than succeeding. So a, uh, essentially a point click adventure across several different games that were on Newgrounds. It's been essentially remastered. It looks interesting. I'm not sure about the $15 price tag for essentially a remaster of a, a set of flash games, but eh, right. Right. But if you're invested in the games way, 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 fuck I'm old back, then there you go, right? Indeed. So I got uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, which I think you've had yeah. before. Yeah, but go ahead. Um, Well, I mean, you know, it's Microsoft Flight Simulator, the, the new one. Um, it releases one week from today in terms of recording time. So next Tuesday, or sorry... Yeah, no, yeah, we're still on Tuesday. Next Tuesday, August the 18th. Um, if you've got Game Pass, this is going to be available on Game Pass, at least the base version. The looks like the the fancier, more expensive versions you get give you extra planes and extra runways or airports, something like that. Very excited for this game, though. Basically, Flight Sim the World. Um, I've been watching quite a bit of coverage of this game for the last few weeks on a couple of YouTube channels that um, I follow that play this type of game. So looking forward to it and doubly so since it's coming to game pass and I don't have to buy it. Um, although if you do want to buy it on steam, 60 bucks is the base base game. So I got a free to play game fantasy star online two. I've never actually played the fantasy star uh, series at all, let alone the MMOs. So I really don't know a lot about it outside of MMO, uh, JRPG. A little concerned that they are pushing the buying currency and DLC pretty heavily. That's fucking expensive, I might add. A Sonic collaboration pack for $60. That is... Is it just cosmetic? Uh... a Sonic suits, emotes, and other useful items. So, doesn't sound like it's just cosmetic. So, it sounds like they're selling power. Pretty brilliant. I'm never played Fantasy Star Online, but I have played a couple of the Fantasy Star single-player games. And I mean, the the easiest. This isn't a hundred percent like accurate, but the easiest way to describe them is like full sci-fi Final Fantasy. So, basically, the more modern Final Fantasies. Yeah, basically. They did Modern Final Fantasy before it was Modern Final Fantasy. Some of the games do different battle systems. I think one of them has got, like, a weird real-time combat arena system. Uh, I don't like that one at all, but 
you know, se- uh, several of them are, are very good. So I remember, I think it was uh, in the PlayStation 1 era, seeing uh, Fantasy Star, it was like a hundred some dollars. It was across many, many, many discs. Uh, discs, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to cough there. Uh, but it's just, I, I think that kind of put me off of it. Was just how big some of the games were, or it could have been a compilation pack. I don't know. Fan- Ser- the Fantasy Star games are really big. Um, yeah, they're really lengthy, in-depth JRPGs. A couple of them had some online sort of cooperative or competitive components that were like completely separate, like campaigns in a couple of the games. Um, they're, they're very interesting. They were way ahead of their time on some of that stuff. Like, some of the early ones had, like, you know, full online co-op before there were services like, you know, PlayStation Online and Xbox Live and, you know, on the, in the console space. They were doing that, so they were ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh... I, yeah, yeah, are you, no, I, no, I got one, are you? I'm just, uh... uh how about a kind of game or a toyish game this looks weird that's why i'm putting it on there is no game the wrong dimension so this is feels sort of like uh uh don't touch anything where it's a game about just goofing around and things happen at least from the sounds of it on the uh store page and the trip and the trailer where it's just Messing around with the interface, uh, things happen, things fall apart, and it's just weird. It's kind of it's kind of meta in that sense, where it's breaking the fourth wall quite a bit. So yeah, strange but interesting. Yeah, um, I got one: the Battle of Polytopia. This is a sort of a cutesy looking. Um, tile-based, like, 2D tile-based 4X strategy game. Looks like you're playing uh, tribes. Like, ancient... Looks like ancient era, or medieval era tribes of people as you explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate to take control of this weird 2D tile world. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. That's 4Xs. (laughs) Whoa! And wait a minute, that should have been the four E's. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I've always I've thought about that before, since they're all words that start with E. Well, sort of like uh, the what was it? The three R's: reading, writing, and arithmetic. Reading, writing, yeah, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wait a goddamn minute here. <laughs> so I got a. Squad-based tactical RPG called Warriors of the Nile. Choose your skill tablets and build your a unique squad. Show your tactics in fast-paced battles. Lead the warriors uh, blessed by the Egyptian gods. Sorry, the Egyptian gods to challenge random levels and powerful beasts. So a little bit of roguelite, a little bit of tactical RPG. Or tactical strategy, squad based. I mean, looks interesting. Yeah, and Egypt is a theme that pops up too often, so that works as well. Yeah. 
So I got Monster Crown, which is Pokemon for grown-ups. Um, I mean, it's it's poke it's it's looks like Pokemon. Oh, oh, bye, Craig. I guess he fucked. He's like, I'm fucking out enough. All right, no, no um, more, it, it, no more. It it looks like Pokemon. It looks like it plays like Pokemon, but the world is, uh, at least according to the description, essentially more dark and gritty and mature. And Pikachu certainly um, has tits. Aw, oh, yeah. Actually, that was uh, uh, something that almost happened, actually. The Pikachu almost had tits? Yeah, they almost made uh, Pikachu uh, a big-breasted uh, uh, thing. And no, I'm not joking. Huh. The Nargis was weird. Oh, I'm looking at some of the stuff. Um, like, gifts. Uh, like, the gifts that they've got up of the game. And, one, they're swearing, so totally grown up and edgy but also it looks like they're doing some things that i always wondered about in pokemon like this person is using like a dragon whatever they call their pokemon to like torture some people for information so okay i mean as long as that's not the point as long as it's not just edgy for the sake of being edgy i could totally get yeah but i thought uh the more grown up pokemon game was uh tim tim maybe well you've not seen that one this is yeah, I have. this. Maybe this is the edgy Pokemon game. This is the edge of Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, it's 15 bucks. It just released a couple weeks ago, so... I don't know. I might pick it up once my once I have more fun money budget. I spent all my money this month on video games and, and uh, a character art thing for one of my RPG characters. So I bought, I bought two games this month. One of them I talked about, Worm Unlimited, and another one that I haven't talked about yet, but I will in the future. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Indeed. Alright. So I got a really interesting one. It's called Scrutinized. It's a horror simulation where it's essentially papers pleased but you're getting kidnapped. At least uh, that's the top comment or the top uh, review where you are essentially trying to figure out who is the uh, is a sen- is trying to kidnap you and harm you while protecting yourself from them? It is fascinating. Some of the uh, stuff in this, the videos that are surveillance that you have to keep an eye on. Uh, it does have jump ki- scares, but there's only a, f- a few. Uh, but this is one of the few games that allows you to turn them off, according to the according to the uh, store page. So. That's a nice touch, huh? Mm-hmm. I hate jump scares. They're so cheap. Yeah, I just... I hate jump scares. But, uh, use civilian-issued reports, uh, police records, uh, social media accounts, text conversations, and more to determine who's an actual threat and who's harmless, all while avoiding the killers trying to infiltrate your home. That is amazing if it's, if it's any good. Yeah, sounds really in-depth and interesting, except for the scary bits. Yeah, but horror game, right? Yeah. But also I'm looking at their uh, their previous games and kind of admit that I'm not... I, I'm Hopefully this is the, like the first big boy game that this developer's done because the other ones don't really jump out at me. Yeah. Um, so I got one. Um, Hellbound. I've seen this all over the place. Um, it's it's only been out for about a week, but for the last two or three weeks, like I've seen it all over the place, like in 
you know, promotions and I've heard it talked about on a couple of podcasts that I listen to and stuff like that. I, you know, like pre-release keys and stuff. Um, basically it's someone went to remake Doom in modern era and I don't know like when development on this game started, but you know, obviously they've made two Doom games in the last four years that um, most people, including myself, are pretty positive on. Um, but this seems like they tried to take classic 90s Doom. You okay? Yeah. You dying on me over there? Yeah, I was coughing or <coughs> chewing a cough drop and choked gotcha. on a little bit of spit. Yep, I do that all the time. I feel your pain. Um, but anyways, this looks like they tried to just bring 90s Doom into the modern era um, with just some updated graphics and things, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, You know, I think that's fine. It's gotten a lot of shit because of how short it is, and I don't, I just don't know anything about, like, the, the people who developed it. Um, but in essence, what I've heard is it's like, well, I mean, it plays basically like you would expect, uh, you know, 90s era Doom to be to play if it was brought forward to the modern times and literally just modernized, not updated. So, I mean, if that's what you're into and you don't mind the fact that it's only like three hours long, um, then, you know, maybe you'll be into this. I don't know. It's looked neat, but it hasn't really had my my interest, per se. It's just been pretty visible the last few weeks, so I've seen it. Okay, so what happens if you take your Doom, throw in uh, some Wolfenstein 3D, and an anime girl? Well, you get the Citadel, and it actually looks pretty decent. It's a take on, once again, the 90s-style first-person shooter, uh, but with an anime girl as the protagonist. But, yeah, it's... It's kind of strange, but it looks like it pays homage to everything really well. Well-reviewed for the most part. Uh, one person complained about performance issues. But yeah, a trailer looks like it does a pretty good job of kind of mixing Wolfenstein Doom with a little bit of anime. Nice. Um, so I got another one. Uh, Banners of Ruin. So far, I'm having a good, uh, good cue tonight. Um... Anyways, Banners of Ruin. This is a deck building game um, where you're built. Um, what is it? Darkest Dungeon. This this feels like the combat system, at least in the way that they've got sort of the rows of characters set up, was at least somewhat inspired by Darkest Dungeon or informed by that. Um, but it, yeah, it's a deck building game where you uh, get a party of up to six characters. And the more they level up, the more unique cards that you get from them to sort of get your deck set up. But the thing that, like, immediately caught my eye on this was that they're anthropomorphic animals, hmm. which I like. But, like, not, not like, in the weird way that, well, what other people consider weird, that I'm usually into anthropomorphic animals. Oh, the tits are like, out. these are drawn. Yeah, no, the tits aren't out. These are done very conservatively, but the art style is very good looking. So, yeah, I'm digging it. And it is 20 bucks, so I'm gonna maybe think about getting this one. So, I got DRAG. Or, sorry, DRAG! Uh, all uh, caps. And this is a next-gen uh, racing game. Looks like it's, uh, despite its name, 
mostly off-road racing, which really interests me. Uh, with uh, some arcadey elements, uh, just uh, looking at some of it, uh, there's some a little bit of fantastical uh, uh, track design, not over the top, but you know, like uh, on this one track that they're showing. Uh, an embankment made out of steel girders or, or, or steel plates uh, that allows people to go uh, across the uh, uh, go around the uh, uh, go around it almost uh, uh, like a stock car, you know, going up on that. But uh, they're talking about uh, it combines action-packed racing with deep, challenging driving dynamics. It's supposed to be with uh, some sort of impressive. Uh, or more impressive damage system that they're honestly not showing off all that well. They show it off for one moment in the trailer where the guy loses a wheel. So, really need to work on your trailer if your big thing is supposed to be damage as well. Uh, sort of wreckfest-ish. Uh, early access... Uh, working on new tracks, challenges, and vehicles, which will approximately double the content of the early access build currently. <clears throat> and plans for event mode where you're able to compete in ranked tournaments as well, blah, blah, blah. And it's priced slightly lower, so they're going to raise the price. I mean, it's $31 and full price 35 so it looks like they're going for the upper end of AA uh, gaming, which is a little bit hard to get on to for a uh, early access title. Yeah. I'm very interested in the concept of this. I like the way that it looks. Um, $31 is pretty steep for what they're showing. Yeah. Like, this feels very much like a like a proof of concept that they're showing. Yeah, there's a couple as inst- the trailer. Yeah, there's a couple instances where they show some of the more fantastical uh, uh, race courses. Like there's one that's uh, it's all elevated uh, roadway uh, with uh, some berms of like dirt that's just collected on it over time. And yeah, it, it, it looks absolutely fascinating. I'm definitely gonna wish list it and maybe pick it up later. But yeah, it's hard to really go in for it at the current price tag. It would be an interesting multiplayer title if they get the player base behind it, and that's the problem, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested, um, but I'm going to watch it a little bit more before I just mm-hmm. go all in on it. Um, all right. So I got a another one. Faye Tactics. Um, this looks like... Uh, sort of a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, sim- it looks like, you know, similar type of turn-based, grid-based combat system. Um, characters that level up via RPG-style mechanics. Um, you know, putting together a team, all that jazz. Um, so, you know, that's that's what it looks like, and I am into that. 20 bucks. <clears throat> okay, so uh, I finally cleared my throat. The next one, you're going to laugh at the title. Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon, infinite combine? Come I have seen this game or heard about okay, this Okay, well, this is somewhere. based off an anime from the same name. Well, the first portion of it. Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Maybe that's where I've heard of it, from the anime. Yeah, and it's a dungeon crawler, uh, from everything I can tell, with uh, a lot more story elements. So... The anime is based around the idea of 
this town around a dungeon that is constantly replenishing. Think RPG-esque. And everybody has essentially RPG skills, and they're in groups surrounding different deities that have different specialties. And the main protagonist uh, is the sole member of, uh, of the of the house of Hestia, and she has this obvious crush on him. So it's a dungeon crawler with a, a pretty hefty story. It looks like there's some mixed reviews on it, though, which. Uh, Looks like there's some people that are saying that it's very, very short, which is terrible for RPG and also no controller support, which is weird, along with some weird button mapping, which is troublesome for a $31 game. <laughs> yeah, I would say that the anime is something that you might enjoy if you like your typical shonen, just goofy anime, although I have to admit that the best parts of the of the anime is just when they're in the dungeon fighting but that's just me all right right um i've i've uh, the anime is actually on my my like watch list or whatever i went and looked at it and that's definitely where i, I picked it up i probably heard it on one of the podcasts that i listened no, to. no i've told you, you about it before was it you who told me about yes. it okay yeah okay well it's it's on, it's on my because watch i knew list. it was I'll one get, that you'd enjoy i'll get to it eventually or most likely enjoy <laughs> And I'm um, on my last game in the queue. Yeah, I am too. I got scrutinized, but my last game is a porn game, so that one's not going on. Yeah, I got I got one list. porn game as well that popped up because you know, of course, uh, they pop up every so often just because I have uh, that setting turned on. Because sometimes the adult only games aren't just porn games. Sometimes, but I got sometimes. Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town. Which sounds like a porn game, but it's... It <laughs> sounds like a porn game. It doesn't seem to be. I mean, there's no tits out in any of the screenshots. But to be fair, there's only a handful of screenshots. So, a letter from 10 years ago. An intricate web of lies to unravel and a mystery to solve. Explore an unconventional town of pirates. Dive into the past. Collect items and look for clues to help uh, Willie find out what happened to his father. So per- that looks like a ten-year-old kid. So I hope it's not a porn game. Well, it's not Japanese, so likely not. Uh, but pretty standard-looking uh, uh, point-and-click adventure. I will say that see, it feels odd. I think it's just that the that the backgrounds look a little bit too CG-ish, while the main character pops out a little bit too much. I mean, that's not something that. Or I should say the characters, because it seems like every main character uh, has the same problem. But it's not, you know, a kiss of death. It's just kind of an odd design choice. It might just be the uh, how the character is designed. I don't know. Or how the characters are designed, how they're very simplistic against a fairly complex background. A very noisy background, you know? Yeah. So that is my cue done. So the question is... Well, I just looked at the time, so I know the answer. Do you want to do one, another one? Fuck no, right? Right. So, game-heavy uh, uh, week this week, because there was nothing in the news of, uh, worth talking. Or at least that nope. I found. Who knows, maybe there uh, was, and I just missed it. Because there's always something that pops up after the fact, right? Yeah. 
I have to, okay, I have to talk, at least talk about this for a second. I, not, no links, not gonna put a, a porn link in, but I was looking at this one because it seemed like it had a little more effort put into it than the actual, like, standard porn game that shows up on Steam. It's called Fetish Locator, um, and you can, you know, figure out what it is probably based on the title, but I kind of like the idea of it, of, like, you're this person who joins like, a group of people that's young and trying to explore their sexuality. And it actually puts some effort into it, at least from what it's talking about here, to make the sex, the sex scenes, uh, seem a little more interesting, I guess, from any perspective other than just, like, ooh, the tits are out. Which, I mean, let's be fair, like, if you just want the tits to be out, just go watch porn. You don't have to go through this whole process. So I, I like that they're actually putting in at least what appears to be some effort. And most of the reviews are are also pointing this fact out, like that they're putting an effort to, you know, make it something that's trying to be a little more interesting, that has a story that's not just, yay, boobies. So, you know, good on them for trying to make a game on top of the boobies. But yeah, no, no links or actual titles in the notes for obvious reasons. <clears throat> so... I'm sorry, I had to, I just, I had to, like, when I was looking at it while you were talking. Yeah, I, so I if you fire it that up, up. Uh, does it just explode? Because, you know, it, you have, like, some sort of stack overflow for hitting yes on everything? <laughs> Probably. It's just, like, instantly, like, you win. You have all the fetishes. Mercy, mercy. Please. <laughs> yeah, have mercy. Uh, it, 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 it gets out like Craig does. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Indeed. Something must be going on, going wrong with the back end on Craig. I'll try resetting him again another another time. Um, but with all of that being done, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with them socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on uh, Twitter, GamingOCR, or you can find me on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at JMA4707, where I have been tweeting a lot more here recently. Less shitposting on Twitter, mostly shitposting on Facebook. Uh, Um, Those spicy memes? Well, I mean, spicy memes, yes. Shitposting the spicy memes. Um, But then, uh, also, if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can send a friend request to JArthur4707. And if you want to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is no news. <laughs> no news. No news. Oh, it just, it was kind of a crappy week. I'm not sure if everybody's just holding their uh, big topics for like next week. Something's going on that I don't know about, or it's just, we're also at the end of a console cycle. So everybody's just kind of holding. There's, yeah. I mean, one of the big topics was, hey, there's going to be a different version of the Xbox Series X that's going to be the Xbox Series XS, supposedly. And we could have gone on a long rant about how utterly stupid Microsoft is at naming things. They're worse than Nintendo. And that takes talent. Yeah, you've really got to be trying to beat Nintendo. I mean, I almost need a flowchart to figure out the different versions of the uh, 3DS... 2DS, DS, DSI, MOUSC. Plus the XL version. So, time to wrap it up. (laughs) Indeed. So, once again, you could contact us via podcast 
with uh, vtlpodcast at gbo.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or just tweet them to us, vtlpodcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons make this madness possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash vtlpodcast. And you could also find us on our Podbean, vtlpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, links to all our stuff. Or you can find us on our on your podcatcher of choice if you wish to spread the love. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our discovery key music is doobly doo. Both by Kevin McLeod, and both can be found with the rest of his work over at Computech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye. See you next time. Bye bye.